1: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor, This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Alright, I'm here now with Jim Cassiopo, the founder and CEO of JUSHI. Jim, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Spencer. Happy to be here. So let's just start off, Jim, with the recent headline. Uh, you recently reported earnings for uh, for the fourth quarter, and you also pre-repo- pre-reported uh, revenue for the first quarter. Talk about what the biggest wins were uh, for the quarter and, and, I guess, for the year.
0: Sure. Thank you. Uh, so um, we did $6 of revenue in Q4, and we pre-announced uh, Q1 uh, 2020 uh, revenue, which was $8.6 uh, that's a 47% uh, growth rate, which is, I think, the fastest-growing uh, large cannabis company uh, at this point out there. Um, and uh, and then we we also uh, gave a March annualized revenue number. So we took the March because uh, we're so fast growing. We took the March um, a month and annualized it and said that we're doing about 50 million a year at, as of uh, uh, at the end of uh, uh, March. And uh, and that that compares to about 35 million annualized for the whole quarter of Q1. So it shows you the growth rate is keeps its high inflection rate throughout the quarter. Uh, And just the uh, qualitative behind what I just gave you, the quantitative uh, is um, uh, uh, we opened up uh, six stores in Pennsylvania in 2019. uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, exited the year with six. We exited the first quarter with two, uh, four stores. Uh, the growth came out of Illinois. We closed on a transaction that has two medical dispensaries uh, with an option for two more. So we'd have four in uh, Illinois. And those uh, two, we converted one to adult use. And, and just closing that acquisition, uh, which didn't really close until the beginning of February. So we lost a month of it. And is why it inflected so much in uh, March, uh, and so uh, just for your uh, you know viewers, uh, I think Pennsylvania and Illinois are considered two of the best states to be in. Uh, one adult use is Illinois, and the other as a recreational state. Uh, if you look at the large companies like Cresco, Cresco, GTI, um, they're very and purely they're very concentrated in those states as well.
1: So you're coming off uh, a year and a quarter where revenue was up substantially on a on a sequential basis, but. Uh a lot of models, a lot of planes got thrown out the window in these past few weeks. So how have you how have you been handling this, this pandemic that we're in? How have you had to adjust? That's a great
0: question, uh, question uh, Spencer. So from a sales perspective, uh, we benefited in March by a little bit of hoarding going on uh, where the stores had their best uh, week ever. But that was followed in April by a dip because people were scared uh, to go out and they all, they already had their a medical supply and and what they needed uh, generally. But then what we saw by the end of April, we were back to revenue numbers higher than when we started in March. So we feel like we went through this surge and then followed by a small dip as you would expect. And we're coming out in the end of April, you know, flat to where we were in March, which is a good thing given
1: all of the issues uh, operating the company in uh, COVID times. But you've had to close your physical locations. Uh, I would I would imagine. No, we have some not time. had to close
0: no. physical locations. Okay. So we were deemed essential services in our two key states of Illinois and Pennsylvania. And uh, uh, you know, there's slightly different designations that they use, but it's essentially uh, essential services. Yeah. And and so what we, but what we did do is have to limit the crowd, so we uh, uh, and uh, and and the states are you know these are very intelligent regulators uh, who listen to uh, uh, you know well run companies like ourselves, and so the industry's has gotten them to allow us to do things like curbside pickup, so the uh, patients and the uh, customers in the in the adult use state don't 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 have to get out of their car, um, and we've done uh, medical Mondays in in our adult use store, so only medical patients. We've also done medical hour. We call it wisdom hour. You have to be 50 years or um, you know older to shop in the first hour of each day. So what we're doing is is giving the medical patients the uh, you know they, they they could have conditions and that make them more exposed to the uh, virus. And so we're doing that and in all with all these. You know issues that we're dealing with: spacing, limiting the number of people in the store, and uh, going to online order for adult use uh, only in some cases. You know, it's it's we're still doing a record sales, which shows that the, the the business is growing. So I think it's very positive from what we've been able to achieve for our run rate operations: no closures and record sales.
1: Cannabis kind of is sort of in, in a weird spot here because uh, it, it is essentially a, a, a retailer-driven business, uh, but unlike other forms of retail, you can't do delivery, uh, although I believe California said some some places could. Uh, but every state's different, and you really can't do delivery. It puts, It puts cannabis in this weird sort of middle ground right now, so how – how have you tried to you mentioned a little bit some of the changes you've been making but in terms of just like the online thing how is how has that been transitioning yeah.
0: so yeah. so so you're correct spencer in many states you cannot do delivery in california you can virginia which is the state that we're going to be launching this year you can okay. uh but that's not effective now but in the two important states to us both illinois and pennsylvania you cannot and so but the key to us is we uh, relaunched our beyond hello uh, uh, website and it's a fantastic website beyond slash hello.com and uh, and where we are I think we have one of the world-class uh, uh, websites uh, with the pre-order capability so we now have a huge percent of our sales it's only been open for about two weeks it hasn't been promoted like our web guys say it's amazing you know how much traffic it, it just it just shows you the demand for the product and the fact that people are searching for our stores because they like our stores is really tremendous. And we're not even promoting it. And I, I this is an incorrect number, but I mean almost half our sales are coming on pre-orders now. Do, and do you that's, feel that's huge? And that's that, that only like, been happening for two weeks.
1: Right, right. Do you feel like that's the that's the future of not just your business but the industry? Just going yeah, online. Yes,
0: I do. I think that, you know, I l- listen, I I believe that with the markets recognized, if you look at companies uh certain companies are benefiting from the virus like uh you know amazon and uh um you know the stocks at records and and, you know and apple's done very well a lot of technology stocks facebook uh, people are more engaged online the gaming companies like activision i think cannabis people are you know are are still a great value because people don't realize that we're benefiting now the, the world will go more online is why those stocks are benefiting, but more online for Canvas is a great thing because it, 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 it increases our uh, uh, Workflow makes it easier for the customer. We, we trend we trend we tend to have a, a younger uh, customer base and patient base than uh, a, a Different kinds of industries that are more adept at being online. So it works very well for our industry and with a virus that's going to be with us. It looks like for 12 to 24 months you know, people are just gonna get used to that. And for us, that's gonna be a great because it's easier to service a pre-order. They just come in and pick it up. We hope to get Amazon, like Amazon type boxes where you just come in and you open up a box, no human interaction, curbside, curbside pickup. Uh, so we believe that this will be a lasting impact which reduces our labor costs, which we're super excited about, increasing our store level uh, EBITDA margins.
1: Yeah, just accelerating the trend that was already there, which is the shift towards e-commerce. It's been a it, 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 it
0: accelerated, and I don't yeah. think it's going back. I mean, these yeah. people are ordering online. Why wouldn't you want to go on and choose the menu? You do it for everything else in your life. Why wouldn't you want to do that for cannabis? Uh, so I've been surprised. I thought, you know, being, you know, a little bit of an old school guy, I thought it would be more like, you know, when I got into this business a few years ago, it might be like a record store where, you know, in the day in my day, you'd go and hang out in a record store and, you know, just kind of fun, just kind of browse. And I thought, you know, cannabis would have that flavor. Our data shows we're very, very data driven company. You know, we're very, very, we, we, we really have a goal to be the most data driven cannabis company out there bar none. And there's many reasons for that. Um, but, but, uh, but our data shows us pe- people come in and out of these stores in three to five minutes and they're just, they, 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 after a while, they just know what they want. They don't need a lot of, uh, interaction with, uh, the bud
1: tenders. Interesting. Really interesting. Uh, you mentioned a few States, you mentioned Virginia, uh, Pennsylvania, Illinois. Why are those States so critical?
0: So, um, uh, yeah, so just a little background for the viewers. Uh, uh, each state is like a different country, right? Because it's federally illegal. So every state has a different rule. And so it's like if you're, if you're operating a business uh, in, in one state, it could be completely different than another state. You know, for example, Colorado, you know, it's, it's been a free market, easy to get licenses, and you know, got oversupplied. There were just too many stores, too many cultivators, and it hasn't hasn't been good. Uh, now it's gotten more consolidated and got better, but it, it, it wasn't very good. So you have to go into states you know, you're, you're investing a lot of money up front uh, on these um, licenses and building out operations, and you need states where you can actually make money and, uh, and where there's some limit to the number of licenses. Uh, Illinois and Pennsylvania both provide that, as does Virginia. Il- Illinois is very, you know, pretty well-known market. It switched over to rec in January. Uh, it's probably the most exciting market in cannabis. I don't think there's any debate on that. Uh, we happen to be superpositioned. We'll have four companies, uh, four uh, stores. You're allowed to have 10, we'll have four. We have fabulous locations. Uh, two will be uh, in a place called Sauge, which is effectively East St. Louis. Uh, and and uh, tremendous stores. One of them is in a very uh, well-trafficked uh, nightlife area. And then two are in a, a, a very much of a college booming, uh, cool town in uh, Bloomington uh, normal um, and, we, and we and we actually I think there's a lot of people who talk about city stores we love you know more suburban rural stores because the rents are less the employees are, are more reasonable in their demands uh, have less you know a cost of living demands and uh, and people you know really uh, enjoy the product um, and so you know, you know that that's a big focus for ours in Illinois. In Pennsylvania, we have licensed we have licenses uh, under our ownership for twelve. Uh, you're allowed to have fifteen. We have an acquisition that should close in the next uh, month or two that has three more. So we'll be at the max that so you're allowed to have fifteen dispensaries, which is about a ten percent of the whole market. So we're one of the three big players in Pennsylvania, um, along with GTI and. Um, uh, the other one is, uh, there's one other that's, <laughs> it's just slipping my mind. And, and so, um, we, you know, we're one of the big two or three and, and, um, and we have nine in the Metro, uh, Philadelphia area, including three in downtown Philly, one very close to the University of Pennsylvania and Drexel. So we're super excited about our footprint. Uh, Pennsylvania is, uh, been very well regulated. They got the doctors and the medical community involved very early. Uh, uh by program design, uh, they uh, quickly allowed uh, anxiety condition, which makes it you know much uh, more reasonable program to, to allow people to use it. And then they also allowed flour uh, at the end of uh, 2018. Tremendous progress uh, very, very quickly. And uh, there's a rec uh, adult use uh, uh, legislation that's being ginned up, and we think, we think there's a good chance that happens next uh, this year and gets uh, uh, implemented, meaning they'll start adult use sales in 2021. So we're possibly, there you know, are only like a, you know, a hundred and something million market cap. So on just those two states, we're the best pure play and the most big, because if you look at com- companies that have the biggest footprints like uh, Cresco and, and GTI, they're a couple billion dollar market cap companies. So we offer a lot of potential upside uh, focusing in on those states. And going to your question, Spencer, on Virginia, You know, that that is very unique to Jushi. You know, you don't have that opportunity to play a company that's in Virginia. Uh, There's only one of the public company that has a footprint there. In that state, they give you a region, um, and we are in a region that's in northern Virginia, uh, and we have a monopoly in that region. And they recently changed the legislation there to make it more favorable, uh, where we got five additional stores, and they took away the THC cap. Tremendous. That was, that was kind of our investment thesis going into Virginia, as we thought, democratically controlled. Uh, there was a lot of demand for it in the state, the population, that people wanted it. And we thought it would move very quickly to a very uh, 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 good program medically. Um, and it has. And, and we're going to open up our, our facility uh, in uh, 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 July. And we hope to get the stores open by the fourth quarter in Virginia.
1: So you mentioned that each state is sort of like a different country. Now, this is a question that I ask every multi-state operator uh, executive that I speak to, but like, what are the different challenges of that? Because I would imagine they are challenging in regular times, but in times like these, it's even more so of, of a hurdle or a headache to navigate the different compliance and regulatory uh, 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 frameworks in, in all seven states that you're in.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I think you're exactly spot on. It's a highly complex business. Uh, the reason why I founded Jushi with uh, three other co-founders, it was, my, it was I was the driving force uh, to, to pull everybody together, um, and they had worked for me, they had been friends of mine, and, or, or we'd done deals together, and, and uh, was I've been investing in the industry for a number of years. I run a hedge fund. And, and uh, I noticed that there weren't uh, very many uh, management teams that took it seriously in terms of the critical infrastructure required. So given the complexity of the business, so you point out the different states, that's one complexity, yes. So that means you have to understand regulations, you have, to have different lobbying, different compliance, and it requires more people, the critical infrastructure, to do that. And the second thing is, is, is you're, you're, you're cultivating uh, you're doing extraction and you're doing retail three different businesses uh, you know the cultivation obviously is more like farming but it's more high degree of difficulty farming because of the quality flour you're trying to grow uh, because you know quality flour obviously is in demand and gets a premium uh, and then extraction is 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 a is a you know uh, more of a chemical reaction uh, you need chemists and you need uh, skills in, in in doing something creating a differentiated product and branding And then retail is a whole different business. So we're all three. So you have that complexity as well. So we look at building Jushi, uh, the fact that we have this critical infrastructure, we're carrying a a decent uh, general administrative uh, expense, uh, but that we view that as an asset, not a liability. We've created a platform, we can put on new uh, states or new acquisitions on top of it without adding any significant GNA. So we're poised to go out there and take advantage of this weak stock market uh, and utilize what we have as a competitive advantage, and there's not a lot of other companies, certainly none our size, that have what we have.
1: So, so aside from the shift to uh, e-commerce that we, that we talked about, what do you think uh, the other long-standing uh, effects of this pandemic will be on the cannabis industry?
0: So again, we're seeing uh, record sales, uh, you know, in our system, you know, if I look at Pennsylvania, it's the same store sales, because we just have the six stores. Uh, So I I think we're seeing more use. I think part of it is, is online just easier, but I think also, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the the, the medical uh, medicinal benefits of uh, the uh, cannabinoid uh, uh, plant is, is, is such that, you know, it helps out with uh, sleep uh, uh, and anxiety. Um, and, and, and I think we're living in a little bit more anxious time. And um, also, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a terrible time to be in opiates because it's, it's the, the negative effects where COVID attacks your body, there's a lot of things like ibuprofen, Advil, and, and uh, a lot of pills, and opiates are one of them, uh, that you don't want to be on because you're more exposed to the negative consequences, you know, the extreme negative consequences that may result in death by taking these things our our product uh uh it seems to us we have a great medical director uh at a buffalo who has more cannabis patients and any doctor in the country uh we feel like we have you know a lot of credentials on that front and and you know we you know we feel like that this does not have the risks you know of course we're not you know scientists but we don't we haven't heard or seen that um and and uh so we think that's possibly you know a long-term benefit and we haven't seen the cost. And and I think, you know, well, we have seen the cost. I think the cost is it's a little slow to roll out your operations. Because, you know, getting things, construction, that's me with us, we think for months, you know, and, and possibly a year or more, you know, just getting construction done, getting the regulators to focus. They're busy with the healthcare crisis you know, they don't have time to sort through every little thing that you know, we need them to do. So it just slows down your rollout a bit. And I think that's something that'll be around for a while, not permanently, of course, you know, once the virus passes, but I think it's gonna be, uh, things are getting done, don't get me wrong, but it just instead of taking you know, a month or two, it might take you know, three or four months uh, to get something done, like a new store.
1: So Jim, uh, just looking ahead here, you mentioned some M&A. Do you think there will, do you expect consolidation in the industry? m and A's, is, I read in your report, one of your focuses. Do you expect that to be a major theme going forward? I, I think, listen, there's been a lot of M&A in the sector
0: uh, in 2018 and 19 in particular. Uh, by us and by a lot of others. Um, so do I think it'll get back to those frenzied levels? No. Uh, why? Because the best funded companies, like uh, I've mentioned, Relief, uh GTI, and uh, 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 are, are in the states they need to be in by and large. I mean, they can add here and there. So the, the biggest buyers are done. So what we have, but I do think there'll be, there'll be M&A, but there's, we're in a very favorable position with, with just a handful of other companies uh, and, and it's a very small number of companies. Uh, and I think we're best positioned because we're such a strong management team. We have an M&A team that worked at investment banking and the hedge fund world and the distressed industry, including myself, for many, many years. We have about over a hundred years of, of experience in the distressed uh, world in, in investing. And right now you're seeing uh, a lot of companies, uh, private and public, they're out of money. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, one of the things they have to do is sell assets uh, and, uh, or they, you know, if they're private and they have a store or two in California and they're throwing in the towel effectively. And, and so we're in a great position. So I, that'll be an important part of our strategy because going back to your question about the complexity of the business, you know, I pointed out the critical critical infrastructure, which is the general administrative expense, the corporate expense, we have that fully built out. And we can add these onto the platform with no significant increase in that and and then we have access to the capital markets i mean we raised money in december and january not many companies yeah. did um, and and so i i believe it'll be important part of our story and you know we're seeing you know the best deals we've seen um, since I, I've been in the business.
1: Yeah, that $20 million raise, you had no way of knowing at the time, but that was probably some, yeah. amazing, well, that uh, was some amazing timing on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we also raised 27 in December, so it was actually a total yeah. of $47 million. So we did 47 between Q, uh, December and January. Uh, but, we're, you know, we, we knew the, the needs of the industry. We knew the risk of the capital markets going away. I mean, you know, this gets fairly technical, but you have some, you know, maybe fairly technical people who listen in on this. But the volatility in these stocks is as high as you can get, you know, because of the you know of the nature of the business, and and so you know when that happens, the capital markets shut from time to time because you get the downside volatility. So we're you know we're very adept in risk management. That's been a, I've run major multi billion dollar hedge funds. Uh, I've been in the hedge fund business for twenty five years. So we're very adept at understanding risks, and so you know we, we like to be cashed up uh, at all times. And, and, uh, and then we have, a, we have a nice following amongst uh, well-heeled investors and we could tap into that network. And by the way, we've raised 185 million in two years and the founders, including myself, have put in uh, 40 million of that. So we kind of, uh, we eat our own cooking as we like to say yeah. in the hedge fund world. So we, it's not just other people's money, we eat our own cooking, we're an important part of the capital structure.
1: All right, Jim Cassiopo is the founder and CEO of Jushi. Jim, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Thank you Spencer, appreciate the opportunity.